Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. And welcome to you as you listen in. I'm happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. And as Roger, the uh, engineer, mentioned, uh, this is a radio show for the 50-plus generation. And our focus and our goal, our prayer, is that we can be a part of helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. And as we have kind of adopted that kind of new terminology, I've address that to a number of people and say, do you want to live a life that matters? And I've yet to find anybody who says, no, I just want to be kind of useless. I just (laughs) kind of do my own thing and not care about. But because we all innately, I think, inside of us, we, we want to live a life that matters, even if it matters to one other person. And it could matter to a whole lot of people, but we want to live a life that matters. And so on this show, we do discuss the things that, um, that matter to us, the things that are important to us in this 50 plus generation. And I want to welcome you. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. And I want to ask you a few questions. Do you know anyone who lives with a disability? Anyone in your circle of family and friends that you can think of right now that is struggling or living with or, uh, you know, just having that as their day-to-day reality? What do you think when you see someone in public in a wheelchair or with obvious limitations? What do you think to yourself Do you have thoughts of uh, pity or compassion, or what do you think? And do you ever think that what life must be like for them and for their family, when you get into the reality and look at it, say they have to deal with this every single day, every single day. And sometimes I have this thought, and this is kind of an old-fashioned one, but you might relate to this, where we look at someone, we say, there but for the grace of God go I. So that's a good context, I think, for us to be talking about this matter of disability. We're going to do that with our guests, and I'll introduce them in a moment. We're going to dig into the issue of disability, and with the help of today's guests uh, who have been there and are still there, they'll help us understand what it's like. And uh, I want to ask you, what do you think the odds are that you will experience a disability in your family? That's kind of of a sobering wake-up call, so we're going to get into that too. The title of today's show is Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. Our guests today are going to help us get a handle on that, and we'll introduce them in just a moment. I want to remind everybody that uh, as we are here uh, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters, we have five core priorities that we deal with, and we rotate them around show to show, but uh, we have these five Number one is home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. We want people, boomers particularly, to be healthy and happy in those five core categories of life, five core topics, uh, five core priorities. And when we are happy and healthy in those things, then we can be on our way to living a life that matters. 
Now, we can live a life that matters even if we are struggling in one or more of those things. That's why we're here, to provide help and hope, to provide resources and the kinds of things that uh, can really help an individual get uh, get on track to living a life that matters. It's so, so critically important. Again, today's topic, surviving and thriving with a disability. Special guests in uh, studio today, I want to welcome back. They were here. We we're just trying to talk about how long it's been a year and a half, maybe, something like that, uh, Gordon and Jill Vigiano. And uh, I want to welcome you. Thank you very much for coming in. Welcome to Second Half Now. Thanks for Thank having you. us. It's good to see you again and get caught up. I know a lot of uh, water under the bridge, a lot of things have been going on, and uh, we're going to talk about some of those and, and focusing on this whole journey that you've been on and what it means and how others can benefit from your your experience and your wisdom. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of wisdom. So take us back and um, you know help us understand a little bit about your journey. I know that uh, this there, there's a nine-year uh, anniversary coming up, and so uh, tell us about your journey. Okay, I will go because Gordon struggles with language. Um, so you know, we were a young, healthy, active family. We ate well, we exercised, our weight was in check, no blood pressure problems, no cholesterol problems, really sort of the picture of perfect health. Yeah. And, uh, and yet for some, to this day, unexplained reason, Gordon suffered a massive stroke as a result of a spontaneous bilateral carotid artery dissection. Uh, mean, spontaneous meaning for no apparent reason, bilateral meaning both of his carotid arteries. Both. Wow. And uh, they just cracked like a plastic straw cracks. Uh, it's usually something that's more associated with things like whiplash or neck injury. Sure, okay. Uh-huh. But in Gordon's case, there was none yeah. of that. Uh, the only thing we know is he had been at the gym the night before, but so had millions of other people. Right. Uh, none of whom had a spontaneous bilateral carotid artery dissection. Yeah. Um, the, the, his left carotid artery, for the most part, it, it was cracked. It basically collected a bunch of clots and then pretty much just exploded and sent all those clots into his brain. Wow. And life changed at that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, life has never been the same and never will be the same. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to be able to say those words, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, we have come and now that we're coming up on nine years, it, it is apparent that life will never be the same, but mm. but it's much easier to say that nine years in. Yeah, and I know that uh, Gordon and the, well, the both of you have um, done some traveling and speaking for the benefit of others and help uh, kind of an awareness and uh, how to prepare and how to kind of deal with life in this situation. The presentation that I heard, and I'll ask you if you still have the same title, and that is My Brain Has a Hole in It. Is yes. that still, Gordon, the one that you're still uh, giving? Yes, it's uh, one, of, one of the titles. The other one is um, Putting Failure in Its Place. Putting Failure in Its Place. Okay, excellent. And you sent out a blog. Uh, I get them uh, one or two a week or something. And I, I try doing it every day, but I now do it two to three times a week. Yeah, yeah, good. And those are very insightful. I appreciate that. So we've raised the issue. Well, let me, let's fast forward, and I know a lot has happened in those nine years. Tell us about... Where you are today, I mean, no, I know every day has been a struggle, every, ba- every day has been a challenge, uh, but w- give us an update about now, today, 
how are things, because Gordon, you still had that event happen and you are still experiencing the, the consequences of that. So tell us about life today. Jill? <laughs> so, so when Gordon had the stroke, he lost the, the use of the right side of his body. He lost his ability to speak, his ability to remember, and his ability to think clearly, to process his thoughts okay. in an orderly fashion. Yeah. Um, we've come a long way. Um, so he's his right, I mean, he walks again. Um, his right hand, is, his right arm is still not particularly functional. It moves now. Yeah. But, I mean, and that took years. Yeah. But we did eventually get his right arm to move. Um, language is improving, not perfect. It's that cognitive inflexibility that is incredibly difficult to break through. Mm. Um, but I would say his memory is what's back the best. So, um, you know, so I, you know, we've, we have found our new normal. We have found a new normal. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, I, I know where he needs help. The, the fine line as the caregiver, which every caregiver I'm sure will agree with, is that you're always walking this fine line. You don't want to do too much, but you don't want to do too little. Mm. Um, and, and that is a moving target. Some days I need to do more, and other days, a moments maybe, I need to do less. And how, how he and I communicate effectively yeah. helps us keep that line clear for that moment. How much should I do? How much should I not do? That is really key because I know those who are listening to us who are caregivers, that is a really key principle, it seems to me, because without that communication, you're just guessing. And it has, it's a two-way communication, right? Because, Gordon, you need to be able to communicate to Jill when enough is enough or when when what she's doing isn't enough. So the care receiver also needs to be on board with that and being willing. And so if there's um, compatibility and a good flow of communication, trust, I think, would be a key issue, right? And so that – because I know a lot of caregivers. In fact, I'm involved in, in uh, caregiver ministry, and I can just imagine that that is a real, real critical key. Because what you're doing, you guys, both of you, you're not just telling your story, Right? You're telling the story of a lot of people who are in that kind of situation. Yes. It's tough. Yeah. And and I, I we you know, we hear stories from a lot of people. We go out mm. and we speak to a lot of groups and, and we get a lot of feedback and and we hear the stories from both the 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 survivor and the caregiver. You know, maybe the caregiver is so afraid that something bad is going to happen again that they don't let the right. survivor try. And then there's other ones where the survivor doesn't want to try and the caregiver is begging them to try. Mm. I mean, there's, it's a really fine line. And we've been very fortunate to have a good, a good relationship so yeah. that we can communicate. And Gordon's such a, a trier. He's always trying. Of course, that requires a leap of faith. You have to say, right. all right, God, I will, I will let him do this. I don't know if he can, but yeah. sometimes I just have to yeah. trust that It'll yeah. be okay. And <laughs> she walks away. And, and, and I can't away. watch. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, Gordon, you feel uh, like it, and sometimes you can just say, I don't need that kind of help right now. Yeah, I mean, like like, like today, if I was talking to you and you asked me how I was, I would say fine. And we'd right. go back and forth. It would be great. But the minute you asked me the sequence of questions that you had, sure, I didn't know what would come first, so I had to go to Jill. Okay, good. That's very helpful. I think a lot of people um, are 
going to be able to connect and relate with what we're saying. Because I think everybody knows somebody who is in this kind of a situation. Let's get back to the word disability, okay? Uh, and let's talk about the nature of disability and the the proportion of disability even in our own country. Jill, well, both of you, you had some statistics, and I, I want to, maybe I'll start with one that I found just recently, and maybe you can reaffirm, that uh, the 2000 uh, U.S. Census, which was the, no, wait, that's not the last one. The last one was 2010. Mm -hmm. So, but at that point, 20 percent of Americans had a diagnosed physical or uh, mental disability. And uh, when you do the math, uh, based on our national population, that's over 60 million people. And uh, that's one out of five individuals. And if you talk about families, that percentage has to be a lot higher. You know, the number of families that have a, a person living with a disability within them. So... Take us from there, because you had another stat about uh, if you're 25. Yeah, yeah, there's there's very interesting statistics about about disability, and one I thought that was very telling is a survey was done and asked people, what do you think your chances are of becoming disabled? Right. And the answer from the vast majority, 2%. They think they have a 2% chance of becoming disabled, and the reality is if you are 20 years old, your chances of having a disability claim in your working career is 25%. You know, when we, wow. when we speak to audiences, you know, we say, look around. 25% of this group is going to have a disability claim if you haven't already. Wow. That's a big number, and people say, oh, well, I can work with a broken leg. Well, what if it isn't a broken leg? And you know, long-term disability claims, the average length of a long-term disability claim is two and a half years. Wow. And there's a lot of dependence, a lot of other dynamics that are going on in that kind of a situation. I remember hearing from insurance people uh, talking about life insurance, and the reason that term life insurance is so low is because... Um, uh, you have less of less likelihood in a certain age span of, of dying, but then when you look at disability insurance, you have a much higher likelihood of becoming disabled. And I remember those haunt me, those mm -hmm. figures. Maybe we can get to those in a minute because I know you want to talk about that whole thing of disability insurance. So can we, let's talk about a definition. So when we use the word disability, what do we mean? What is a good definition? That's a really good question um, because disability, the word disability will be defined differently depending on who's asking the question. Yeah. If you're asking, say, the Social Security Administration, they'll have a specific definition. If you have, let's say, insurance, private insurance, they might have a different definition. So it's really important to understand what you're even talking about. But ultimately, on a, on a from on a global sense, it is the inability to work. To work, okay. So at a job. Right. At, okay. So, okay. So can you flesh that out a little bit more? You, it might be a physical disability. Okay. It might be a mental disability. Um, I think, I don't know if they do emotional disabilities. I don't think so. Mm. I think it's one of those choices. Um, and it might be you, to be unable to work, You it may be that you have to have two things that don't work. You might say uh, an arm and a leg or an arm and an eye or whatever. It, it might be two things. And so, and, and I think it's also important to notice that, to, to note is that a lot of disability claims are denied. 
And, and that is one of the things that's really important to know. Just okay. because you say, you know what, my, I, I have a back problem. I should get disability. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. 65% of disability claims to Social Security, 65% are denied the first time around. Really? Okay. So I'm just thinking there's, there's kind of a gray area in there. I mean, what do we mean by it doesn't work? And if it doesn't work for this job, can I work at another job that doesn't require that same functionality? Exactly. I mean, how does that work? That's a, Again, that comes back to who are you asking? If you are okay. asking Social Security, they'll say, find a different job. Right. If you have private insurance, you might, might have a policy that says, if you can return to your job. And some don't have that clause. So really, it's... Right. There is not one answer. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I haven't scared you all too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that just it, it illustrates to me the complexity of the whole of the whole situation. I'm sure that there are those who are, you know, taking advantage or trying to of whatever the system is in place. Mm-hmm. But there's also the very real disability in families that really kind of upend everything and change everything in the family. So let's talk about, um, you know, having gotten to this, that kind of a uh, understanding about what a disability is and how likely it is. So uh, to go back to that, tw- uh, if you're 20, is that the age? Yep. If you're 20, then you have a 25% chance of having a disability that would keep you from working. Is that yes, the right tw- way to say a disability that? Disability claim. One is out the of four. A disability yes. claim. Okay, so one out before, of four. Before the age of retirement. Okay, so if we're talking about a person that's 20 or 40 or 60, mm-hmm. uh, disability is still a very uh, real possibility. What are some of the things that we can do even now to um, prevent it and to prepare for it? And I want to hear some really, really good, clear answers right after the break. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, We are back with Gordon and Jill Vigiano in the studio right here, and I want to give a big thank you to our partners Uh, particularly the ones you just heard from, Golden Placement Services with uh, Diane Delaney and Cherie Henry, and also 24-7 Properties uh, with Jeff Edmondson. They do outstanding service uh, to to their clients and to their customers, and I just want to commend them and encourage that you get in contact with them if that's in the area that uh, that you have a need. also want to mention Hearthstone Senior Living. 
Transformational Finance, uh, Dan the Mortgage Man with uh, First Priority Financial, uh, Portland City Acupuncture, Next Phase Coaching, Dr. Dan Miller with Beaverton Chiropractic, and Dignity Memorial. So as we get right back to where we left off, what are some of the things, Jill and Gordon, that can be done to prepare for or to, or to prevent a, a disability from happening? I would say there are a couple of things that are just really important. And the first, I mean, and none of them are like earth shaking. These are obvious. Take good care of your body. Take good care. Exercise. Try to eat right. You know, get, get some exercise. Keep your weight in check. Get your annual checkup. See what your blood pressure is. If you can take care of your body, you're going to be many steps ahead. And like in Gordon's case, he was a very healthy guy. And I attribute a lot of his ability to recover on the fact that he was healthy to start with. He had good habits. He didn't have uh, underlying illnesses to hinder his improvement. So really, just doing your best for your own health, it's not only good for you, you set this good example within your family of how to take care of yourself. Um, that was one important, and we always talk about nurturing your relationships. Mm, right. You know, sometimes things happen, like with Gordon, things happen. It's no one's fault. It happens. But we had a strong marriage. And that, you know, your relationships, who's going to stand by you? One of the very sad things that, that we heard when he was in the rehab hospital was that they watched relationships fall apart all yeah, the time. Right. And that was just heartbreaking to, to, to hear. And you think, how could, how could someone leave you when you're at such a vulnerable right. place? And, you know, where was that relationship when things were good? It sounds to me like what you can do proactively is sort of improve your odds uh, either of preventing uh, disability from happening if it's some of those with, a, with a, some sort of a precipitating event, or of having a higher likelihood of being functional uh, and recovering uh, if it does happen. I, I don't know if that's confusing terminology, but it sounds to me like, you know, so a person might say, yeah, I got to drop about 10 pounds so I fit into my jeans. Well, you might want to drop 10 pounds so that you're not going to be a burden on your family. You know? <laughs> and it, you never know what's going to prevent anything. But I, I really taking to heart what you're saying, Jill, about, about being attentive to your mental and physical and emotional health and your relational health. Because what happens if that, that stress on your relationship, it's either going to be, I mean, would you find this true? That it's either going to bring you together or it's going to pull you apart. Would that... Yes, I would absolutely agree with yeah. that. I, you know, that's a, that's a huge test to your relationship. It's a big test to your, uh, our, our sort of our creeds, the things that we say that we believe. You know, right. we, we believe in right. getting ourselves up and dusting ourselves off. Well, do we really? Uh, right. You know, we and, and I, it's quite tragic. You know, the number of people we see who. You know, their entire foundation of their life may have been their physicality or their intelligence or their travel or their status, uh, maybe with their jobs. When that, if, when and if that is taken away from them, what do you have left? What is your foundation yes. in your life? Right. Wow. Focus on the priorities and do what's important. Yes. And uh, if you get to the end of your life and you didn't have a disability, you don't know if you actually present, prevented it by those good things or not. But thanks to God that you didn't have it, and uh, but you still benefited by all of those things that you were doing. I really appreciate that. On the other side, on part two, I want us to talk about 
the importance and the value of protecting your family with disability insurance. You're not here to uh, promote a company or to sell any policies or anything, but you are a living example of how disability insurance really was a life changer for you. Is, is that stay, saying it uh, too strongly? Or nope, that is absolutely true. Okay. I don't know where we would have ended up without it. Okay, right. And I think, I think you were saying on the phone the other day that um, that's kind of a, uh, an industry or a group of people that you really have a message for for insurance people and for people in financial services. Yes. To be very real and be very open about talking about. It's not a it's not a threat. You know, it's not uh, unrealistic say, "Oh, this is, you know, this could happen to you." as a as a means of getting the sale for the policy, but it is very real and they can point to you as uh, as an example and We how, are a prime example. Yeah. Yes. I want to dig into some a little bit more of that detail when we uh, bridge over to part three, and I, or part two. I'm already ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the engineer uh, flash a three sign, but that just means three minutes until we close. So, you know, the brain does funny things. So um, uh, we are in the studio with Gordon and Jill Vigiano, and we're talking about the theme the title for today's show is Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. And it might seem to some people to be kind of odd to put both of those words together in the context of disability. But as I see you guys, and I've known you for a couple of years, I see some thriving going on. Maybe it's not the kind of thriving that a perfectly healthy, wonderful situation would bring, but you, you are uh, uh, amazing to me to see how you have managed and handled. In fact, I do want to mention your book, too, and maybe we can, uh, if, if anybody is interested in your book, they can go to our website and, uh, and uh, ask about it. Do you have a website that we can refer to where they could find your book? We do, mybrainllc.com. Okay, and the book is Painful Blessing. And I remember the first time talking to you guys where you had a hard time putting the word blessing in there. <laughs> it took time to be able to add yeah. blessing to the end of this, uh, to the yeah. end of that story. Yes. Oh man. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming in. We are not done. We're going to uh, bridge over to the podcast portion of our show with, uh, with part two. And uh, thank you to our partners who helped make all of these uh, shows possible and to Gordon and Jill Vigiano in studio with me today. We really are focused on helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. And I think, Gordon and Jill, you are both doing that. You're living a life that matters to each other and to your two kids, but also to a universe of people who hear your story and can take it to heart and make a change. I suppose it's rewarding for you to know that someone has made a change because of your story and because of what you're saying to them. I want to hear some more about that as well when we uh, get back under part two. Now, you, folks, you can't hear part two on the radio, uh, only part one. So for hearing the rest of our discussion here in studio with Gordon and Jill Vigiano, you want to go to secondhalfnow.com. And uh, you can uh, find this program, uh, which is uh, Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. And you can also find us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher. So we're kind of getting all modern and fancy uh, here in the world here. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, this is Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. Let's continue our conversation with Gordon and Jill Vigiano on part two on our website, secondhalfnow.com or iTunes, Stitcher. We can be heard around the clock and around the world. See you there. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. We are back and we're continuing our conversation with Gordon and Jill Vigiano. I am pronouncing that correctly, right? Yep. Sure. Okay, good. So, um, and we're talking about this, uh, the name of the uh, program for today is called Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. And in order to get the context for our discussion, you really, if you haven't heard part one, you need to go back there and hear it either on our website at secondfnow.com or on iTunes or Stitcher. Those are our podcast services where we post our programs. So you want to make sure that you have heard part one. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to continue now. Uh, this portion is not available on the radio, so uh, you can only hear it uh, online, although it is available around the clock and around the world. Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. Thank you again, Gordon and uh, Jill, for coming in today. and Welcome to Second Half Now. Thanks for having Thanks. us. We're doing great so far. We're partway down through some of the things that we wanted to talk about. And let's, let's uh, kind of a switch our focus a little bit. I can only imagine, and I say that literally, I can only imagine, and even that probably not very well, about what it's like to live in a situation like what you guys have been in for nine years. And can you help us understand a little bit about the hourly or daily choices that you have to make uh, in order for this, for you to be able to survive and thrive in your disability situation? We made the decision early on that life was still going to be good. And we kept that attitude mm -hmm. from, from day one. And, you know, from the very beginning, when Gordon first came home from the hospital, he was, he was so lost in his stroke, and he was so disabled. But the one thing he still had, amazingly, is optimism. He always was so optimistic, and he'd be like, everything's great. You know, <laughs> things were not great, but my job was yeah. to not dash that, that sure, attitude yeah. and that approach yeah. to life. So, so we just decided that life was still going to be good, and it is. It's different, but it's still good. That's and a key phrase. Let's back up, rewind a little bit. Say that again. It's different. It's, life is still going to be good. Right. It's different. But it's good. Yeah. And I think that uh, we hold on to our norm, our normality. And uh, when we get out of our comfort zone or get out of what's uh, familiar to us, we get all disoriented and upset. And uh, if we can't get back to what we were accustomed to, uh, it really throws us off. So let me now you said something really important, Jill, and that is that uh, even before the stroke, Gordon was a very optimistic person. I know, Gordon, you were a hard worker. Yeah. 
right? I mean, you were at it all the time. Were you a workaholic? No, I no. I worked a lot. And then on weekends, I took it off to be with the kids. Good, okay. But you worked hard, and you were doing yeah. uh, scheduling appointments and making phone calls and training. Weren't you in the insurance uh, industry? No, just sales consulting. Oh, sales consulting. Okay, so, and a lot of people would look at what you were doing and say, "Man, that guy is really driven. He's he's successful." So now that attitude, and here, where's where I'm going with that? If if I'm if I'm talking to you and you're listening to this uh, with your earbuds or your headset or on your external speakers or your whatever device, if you don't have a positive attitude now, if you're not optimistic now, if you're not a faith-filled person now, when something like this comes along, any any version of it, you may be very well blown out of the saddle and not be able to recover. And let's go back, Jill. When we were on break, you were talking about your two different stories. Yes. Yeah, say that for us. When I, I tell people that Gordon's is a story of recovery, mine is a story of surrender. Yeah. And two, I mean, we walked this path together side by side the whole way. And Gordon, and, and our focus for Gordon was always about recovery. For me, I mean, I had to survive this. You know, he was lost in the stroke. He was, he'd become very childlike again. I already had two children. For me, and, and to think that I could somehow control this or make this go a certain way or solve this problem or change anything, you know, you can only beat your head against that wall for so long. And, right, and right. you can either drive yourself crazy or you can finally, you know, turn your eyes upward yeah. and just, and just surrender. And just, I just surrendered it to God and said, you know, I'm going to get through today. Today's going to be good. And and I'm just going to trust you to do something good with this. Please mm. don't let this just be a black hole that I sink into. Wow. And, and it's and surrender is a first of all, surrender is very unpopular in America. Yes. And right. second, it is a process. It's not something you do one time. Right. Um, you know, each day getting up and saying I will do whatever you ask me to, and I will try my best to do it with mm. with a glad heart. Yeah. As hard as it is, I will do my best. Yeah. And it was an it's an incredibly humbling experience, yes. but ultimately an incredibly freeing experience to let go of all that folly that makes you tell yourself that you have control. To finally say, I really don't. And you know what? I'm going to be okay with that. Wow. It's very freeing, and it was the only way I really could survive the yeah. process. That is, you use the word humbling, and that's got to be a total reorientation to life. It is. Of just surrender. Do, would you say that you? it's a matter of giving in without giving up? Yes, I'd say yeah. that's a very, a very okay. good way to put it. Um, it's things, the priorities of life, fall into order very quickly once that happens. Yeah. All the clutter disappears. Right. You know, right. first of all, most of what you own disappears anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know the priorities of life, who's in charge? Well, God is in charge. Clearly I am not in charge. As much as I like to think so when mm -hmm. things were going well, not right. really. I'm not in charge. And and that as long as I could rely on a good and loving God who only wants to prosper me. Wow. That way I could get through each day, no matter how hard it was. Yeah. And a good and loving God who wants to prosper you in the midst of whatever it is you're going through. 
you said during the break that it reminded you of Job, or you think about Job, and that can you say a little bit more about that? I think of Job, um, in, in the story of Job, what I love about that story is Job was a good man, mm-hmm. and it just drove Satan crazy. Yeah. And Satan has to go to God and ask for permission to test him. And I like to think of it as God had such confidence in Job. He said, go ahead. He's still my guy. Mm-hmm. And he did. And Satan gave him everything he could without killing him. That was the only condition. Right, right. And Job was God's guy. He did stay faithful. And even when he turned to God and said, why? And God said, you know, where were you when the earth was made? Yeah. You know, making sure those, those, the hierarchy was clear. Yeah. But ultimately, I like to think uh, of all that has happened to us that you know, it was God's confidence in me and that Satan had to go and ask to sift me. What would you say to people listening now who maybe haven't gotten to that point of uh, being able to surrender or being able to understand that somehow God is in it and going to work through it? Uh, do you have any words that, uh, that they could hear? I would say I understand. I understand that it's really hard and it's really isolating going through a disability, whether it's you or whether your loved one. It's very isolating. You are completely pulled out of your life and I'm sorry and it's hard and I do understand. But if you can, if you can bring yourself to that surrender and if you can turn to that person who's, you know, the, the, the survivor and say, our life is changed, but we're in it together. Let's still make it good. I think you can turn that. It's like turning the Titanic probably, but mm. I think you can actually do it before you hit the iceberg. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it can happen. And, um, it's a process though. And, and I do try to explain and make sure people understand that this wasn't one time I said, I surrender and, and I was good. It right. doesn't work like that. Not a one-time deal. No. Yeah. Well, that's extraordinary because uh, when we backtrack a little bit to what we were talking about in part one, and that is if you are 20 years old, statistically, you have a 25% chance of being disabled. And so whatever age you are now, now is the time to prepare. Now is time to prepare your attitude. Gordon, I look at you and I think of all the ways that you were prepared without knowing that what you were preparing for, right? I mean, your discipline and your positive attitude, your your faith and all of that, it just really contributed to having the opportunity to be happy and healthy today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely amazing. And our, I think our listeners are kind of tuning in and saying, okay, this is something very significant because, uh, you know, you might turn that around and say, well, I have a 75% chance of not being disabled. So what's the big deal? (laughs) Well, you don't know which percentage you're in, right? True. And here's the thing, there's always a payoff. So what if you do take care of yourself? What if you are physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and in your family and your marriage and relationships, and you never get disabled? Well, good, you've got, you know, then you've, you've won, that's right. right. Yeah. And so the end comes and you, you die and you go to heaven happy. That's right. And uh, But what you're saying is that you can have wholeness and happiness in the midst of circumstances that are very, very difficult. Yes. And and there's nothing wrong with being sad. You know, I, right. I tell people I was profoundly sad, but that's part of the process. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was depressed. I would say I was profoundly sad. Yeah. And I, but I knew... It all fell on me. I didn't have the luxury of saying, um, I'm going to 
I'm going to hide in my closet. Now, I cried in my closet a lot, Mm -hmm. but I would come out again and put my game face back on. I had two kids at home and a husband, and I had no time to sit and say, poor me. Yeah, Um, they all needed you. They needed me. And so there was huge motivation in that. I took that job very, very seriously. Um, so yeah, we 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 find our motivations in different places, yes. I guess. But but you know, a strong life foundation, a strong faith foundation, mm-hmm. a strong marriage relationship. Um, those I I don't know how I could have gotten through it without those things. Yeah, yeah. You were in the process of preparing. So what are the some of the internal challenges? I mean, some of the um, you know there but for the grace of God. You know, I mean the attitudes or the the thoughts uh, for for either or both of you. Um, where what is the how would you define the, the struggle you know what i mean like you know facing another day uh, what does that feel like or sound like to you do you have an answer for that well the way i look at it when i wake up in the morning i look at jill and i thank god i'm alive and she just makes me so happy wow he is the eternal optimist. Yes. I love that about him. <laughs> <laughs> Even before she puts her makeup on? Even before that. Even before. Frightening <laughs> as that might be, yes. <laughs> oh, man. God bless you guys. It's such a great uh, message for, for people. Who, I, again, I know a lot of people who are in a caregiving situation. Interesting, the, uh, the statistics sort of overlaps that uh, we hear that 50 to 60 million Americans are uh, unpaid family caregivers, and a lot of it is, I mean, with varying degrees of disabling mm-hmm. of the care receiver or of the survivor is the terminology you're using. And, um, yeah. So can you can you relate to, like, what are the, I'm not quite sure how to phrase the question, the, um, uh, the internal challenges, thoughts or feelings or attitudes that you could have had or even can could have tomorrow or today that could have, you know, take you off into a different direction, a different sense of your managing of your situation. I think one of the things for me that I really had to remember is that Gordon was trying. He was trying really hard. Yeah. He had a severe brain injury. He wasn't he wasn't wildly irrational for no reason. It wasn't his fault. He he had a huge brain injury. And to remind myself, if he were in his right mind, he would never say those things, or he would never have done mm. those things. And and to have a little grace, you know, give him a little forgiveness. It's not, it's not that he did anything or was doing anything intentionally to be awful or to be difficult. Right. He couldn't help himself. And and to remember that he's and I would say I would try to remember who he was before the stroke and try to accept who he is now yeah. because that that is the whole person. And like I said, like you were saying, but for the grace of God, it could be me next. What about, I'm thinking of character qualities, uh, things that are a part of our nature, part of our, uh, you know, who we become as people. Do any of those uh, strike you as being essential to managing a situation like yours? Like you said, the word grace, you know, having a having a heart of grace, patience, uh, whatever else. Is there anything else that you would identify as a character quality that would be good to, you know, nurture and to work on even now? I think discipline, it, our, our discipline really helped us. We were both very disciplined people to start with. So we were very disciplined about what we did to focus on recovery. 
We were very clear with each other. I even laid out calendars of how we were going to work on recovery, mm. what time, yeah. how long, what were we going to work on. And by creating a new routine for us, focusing on recovery, that gave us purpose every day. Sure, right. And that, right. Was, that was very key, especially those first few years when really most of the right side of his body didn't work at all. Uh, to get it back was only going to happen if we stuck to the plan and between us, even though we each had times where we'd just be like, I just don't think I can do it today. The other person would say, yes, we can. And we would do it. Um, and I think the discipline of sticking to the plan and focusing on recovery, always looking forward was huge for us. It sounds like you might have had a little bit more management or control over the next day or the next hour by doing it that way, rather than just kind of, you know, flapping in the breeze and saying, you know, try to deal with whatever comes. You were more proactive, maybe more intentional. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you know, when Gordon, now Gordon's stroke was almost nine years ago. And at the time, I mean, the medical profession has changed so much, even in this short mm. period of time. They told us, you know, if you don't have it back in a year, you're probably not getting it back. If you're not, two years was kind of the outside. And if I had known anything, which I did not, I would have said, why does it end at two years? And the answer is it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, one doctor said to us, um, you know, those who want it most recover best. And we decided to take that to heart. That was sort of our yes. mantra. Right. Um, because Gordon got huge recovery after two years, but it's because we never stopped working on right. it. And I think the answer was just that people get really sick of working on recovery. It's boring and it's long yeah. and it's tedious. But if you're willing to stick it out, there is benefit to be had. And so we just kept with the discipline. Excellent. Those are great words. When we come back, I want to ask you about your two missions that uh, we talked about for a little while the other day. Okay, you ready for that? So folks, don't go away. More with Gordon and Jill Vigiano and the subject for today, surviving and thriving with a disability. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 780-3030. We are back and happy to welcome you to the last portion of our show here. We are discussing the topic surviving and thriving with a disability. We have um, 
Gordon and Jill Vigiano in studio with us, and we're going to wrap up our conversation with a couple of really, really key important uh, points. I want to take a moment and thank our partners, uh, some of which you just heard from Golden Placement Services and 24-7 Properties. We also want to mention Northwest Web Creation Company, Eastside Printing, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, local radio station, and Serving Our Neighbors. And so we're getting right back into it. So in a conversation that uh, Gordon and Jill we had a couple days ago, you talked about that you have two missions. And I, and I suppose even just having a mission kind of gets you something to keep going and to have a focus and to be proactive. So help us understand. Uh, and here you are in your situation, surviving and thriving. What are your two missions? When after Gordon had his stroke and we were sort of struggling with what is going to be our purpose going forward, one of the things that Gordon really felt strongly about was that he didn't want this to be for nothing. He wanted to talk about what happened and see if we could provide some hope and encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, um, just we so we have our speech. My brain has a hole in it, and we have found that our target audience that we really focus on is the insurance industry and financial advising industry. Um, it's very important. Th- these are people who affect all of our financial stability. And, of course, it, we're in, we live in an age where everybody's planning for retirement. Everyone's talking about retirement. But they aren't talking about if my financial picture falls apart now, all that retirement planning disappears. Right. It's It was useless. Um, so we spend a lot of time speaking to insurance people and financial advisors about providing you know, disability insurance, obviously, which has been a huge part of our story, but helping people plan for all the what ifs. We want to make it to retirement first, but then, you know, and then we can enjoy all that we put it, put aside. But if we don't make it that far, if our financial picture falls apart, like ours would have had we not had disability insurance, mm-hmm. you, you have shortchanged your customers and they are looking to you, the insurance person or the financial advisor for that kind of guidance. And we have found that in those industries, very little discussion happens about what if the financial picture falls apart early. Right. And then you have to have some sort of a reasonable response to that possibility. Yes. Right. In other words, I mean, you can't spend $2,000 a month just to protect yourself from something you're not sure it's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there is some sort of a, some sort of a reasonable approach to that. We had a a guy in the uh, studio here uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now, and he was. Ta- we were talking specifically about long-term care or extended care insurance, and uh, some of the things that he was saying about the likelihood and all those things were just really eye-opening, and it was just it it caused me and and our listeners to think, wow, okay, so we need to at least think about those possibilities. We can't leave ourselves and our family totally unprotected. Right. It's Th- absolutely are, true. Yeah. You know, our uh, our lifespan, we're estimated to live, what, 82, 84 years? Yeah. Um, that's, I don't, 50 years ago, people didn't plan for a 20-year retirement or a 30-year retirement. Exactly. You know, people right. retired and then they only lived a couple more years and then that was it. And right. so we've had this huge change in longevity and the way our finances have to last. And if we last healthy, bonus. That's great. Right. But if not, that's if that's a serious thing to think about, not only for you, but for your children and anyone who might be there having to take care of you. Yeah, exactly. And so if you get to the end of that and uh, you have 
uh, you know, uh, experience a disability or a decline or Alzheimer's or something, that's when uh, the reality comes home. And if you have not protected yourself or and your and your family, you look like you just didn't um, do what could have, would have, should have been done. Yeah. I remember my dad who declined in health and a lot of pain and a lot of disabling sort of things going on with him. And he was on the, you know, how you go in the doctor's office, you sit on that little table with that crinkly uh, paper, you know, and he was sitting there and his doctor said to him, so Dick, so you know those extra years that you got because your wife, you know, uh, you know, cooked healthy meals and you did all this stuff to, you know, to, uh, to keep healthy? He says, yeah. Well, these are them, and <laughs> these are those years, and he was he was struggling. He had a tough time. So, um, and your second, so your first mission is really to convey uh, a, a sense of protection to those who are able to do that. You know, in the financial services and in insurance industry. Yes, and they can use your story, I imagine, to say, well, let me tell you about the Visianos, about what has happened to them, and how this wonderful product. Uh, if, if in this case we're talking about uh, disability insurance, how it has really saved them in so many different ways. Yes. So but what's your other mission? You have two. Our other mission is you know, we're, we're out and about a lot in public and yes. just around, you know, just to, sh- to be the example of what a strong marriage looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've always walked and held hands, and and it's funny the number of people who have circled back with us over the years. I mean, maybe over the last fifteen years, and said, "I see you walking and holding hands, and it gives me hope." Wow! And I think, isn't that nice? It's something yeah. so small, but we can live our marriage, we can live our faith, we can live our relationship outwardly, and have a positive impact on people who may not have that kind of relationship yet. You know, what I like about that is it gives you a sort of a spontaneous sort of a sense of purpose every time you go out because you don't know who's going to be watching and what their experience is going to be and what they're going to observe. You just never know. You never know. But you can have that expectation. And Gordon, the uh, the everlasting optimist, you can say, we're going to bless somebody by just the way we hold hands walking from the parking lot into the restaurant. Yep. Right? God yeah. bless you. Man, that's that's fantastic. So we're going to wrap up here, and I want to ask you, what could you say to people who are listening? They may be in a caregiving situation. They may be anticipating maybe something that's going to happen, or maybe they're older and they're thinking, well, you know, before I die, something like this could happen. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're 20, and they're looking at this 25% statistic, the likelihood of being in a caregiving situation as a disabled all the stuff we've talked about a lot. Thank you so much for coming in. But what? How could we wrap this up? What would you say to our listeners? I would. I would say you know, really examine the foundations of your life. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're measuring your life and your accomplishments by the easy yardstick, how much money is in my account? How pretty is my house? How nice is my car? How good is my tan? How's my golf game? Right. If that's what you're measuring your life on those things crumble and disappear very quickly, really with, with not even anything that terrible. And, and so I really encourage people to examine the foundations of their lives. What do they truly believe in? You know, for me, my eternity is assured. If I get hit by the truck tomorrow, my eternity is assured. Yeah. But, so where are your foundations? How are you, how are you structuring your life? And once you have those in place, you know what, come what may, you know you're going to be okay. 
Wow, I like that. Because everything that you do, everything that I do, everything that we do today is in some manner a preparation for tomorrow. Yes. And we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Nope. We have a tendency, don't we, just to get up and go do the whole thing, you know, get the kids ready for school or go to work or, you know, mow the lawn or do the dishes or whatever as if, well, we're just, just going to keep on going. And we don't know that. So if we see every day, maybe this is kind of what you're saying along these lines, every day is a preparation for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow might bring. It is. And to appreciate the little things. I remember thinking, I, I, like I just missed, I missed sitting on the couch watching a stupid show with my family. <laughs> I missed that because there yeah. was no time. And then, and then, you know, once, eventually we got that back. But, but, you know, sometimes it is the little things that really make your life full and colorful. Yes. Well, you have a wonderful message to share with a lot of people, millions, literally who are in a situation similar to yours. And if they're not in that situation, they can think about just getting ready for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow might bring. Thank you so much, both of you, Gordon and Jill, for coming in today, talking to our folks on Second Half Now. It was a sure. pleasure. Yeah. Can you come back again? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah? We'll check you out in another year and see uh, <laughs> see how, the, how you're doing with that. Yeah. Sounds we didn't even good. get to talk about your new house and your kids and all that stuff, but we'll have to save some of that for next time. Sounds good. Thank you again Thanks. very much. Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. This portion is coming to you on podcast. We want to make sure that uh, you can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher, the podcast uh, hosting services. And you can tune in on the radio and hear us live on KKPZ. That is 1330 on the AM dial, and that's only in the Portland market, the Portland area, metropolitan Portland, Oregon. But we are on there, 530 to 6 um, on the radio. But you can also hear, I think, I don't want to get too tangled up with this, but you can go to kkpz.com and hear us live anywhere in the world. So uh, with the Pacific time zone, 530 to 6. So, um, and if you would like to have a free CD of this show, we'd be happy to get one right out to you. Just call the station, 503-242-1950. And here we go. We're going to close out. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. Helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. And so until next time, may God help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website or on a podcast or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. on the radio, Cape KPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.